John 15, verses 18 through 25. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to you to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. You may be seated. Good morning. We have a great number here with us this morning. You must have thought that Michael was going to be preaching again. I think that's might have what happened. But no, it's not about who's preaching, is it? It's about the fact that we're here to worship God. We're here to worship in spirit and truth. And I appreciate how we've been able to do that over the last few minutes. I've missed you over the last couple weeks and glad to be back today. We're going to be studying in John the 15th chapter. If you'll turn there with me. John chapter 15, if you have your copy of God's Word, I'd love for you to turn with me to verses 18 through 25. John chapter 15, and together we're going to be studying in verses 18 through 25. Have you ever had to say goodbye to somebody that you love? It's a pretty difficult thing to do, isn't it? Whether you're standing at the casket of somebody that you love or whether you're looking into the eyes of someone who's going in a different direction in life saying goodbye is a hard thing to do especially when you thought that person was always going to be there as we look at John chapter 15 verses 18 through 25 we need to recognize that this text is a part of a larger context that we oftentimes call the farewell discourse. It spans John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16. At this point, Jesus and his disciples have spent probably about three years together. They've spent every waking moment of that three years together. At this point, the disciples could not imagine what it would be like to say goodbye to Jesus. The disciples couldn't imagine their lives without their master, without their Lord, without their teacher. But as we study in John 15, this is the night before Jesus' crucifixion. And so in John 14, John 15, and John 16, Jesus in many ways is saying farewell. In many ways he's saying goodbye. He's telling his disciples some things that they need to understand within the next few hours. As Jesus is arrested, as Jesus is put on trial, as Jesus is beaten and ultimately hung on a wooden cross.
Specifically, when you look at John chapter 15 down to verse 25, I think we could divide it up into three different parts. First, in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, Jesus talks to his disciples about their relationships with him. I believe that text, the first 11 verses, can be well summarized by what Jesus says in John chapter 15 and verse number 5. Perhaps these are words that you've heard before where Jesus tells them, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. That's what the first 11 verses of John chapter 15 are all about. Jesus' relationship with his disciples and the disciples' relationship with Jesus. It's all about connection. I'm the vine and you're the branches. It's all about obediently bearing fruit for Jesus and recognizing that if I'm not connected to Jesus, then I can't do anything in my life. It's about how Jesus loves me and how I'm supposed to live my life loving him with everything that I have. But then we build on top of that in verses 12 through 17, where Jesus talks about the disciples' relationships with one another. You see that in the bookends of this section in verses 12 through 17. First, notice John chapter 15 and verse number 12. Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And then look at the other end, verse 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. What Jesus says between those two bookends is all about how the disciples are supposed to relate to one another, how they're supposed to be connected to one another, how they're supposed to love one another just like Jesus loves them. So you read down to verse 17, and this chapter is all about love. It's all about relationship. It's all about intimacy. It's all about connection. Then we come to verses 18 through 25 where Jesus talks about the disciples' relationship with the world. And that's where we're going to be camping out over the next few minutes. I believe we see the main idea of verses 18 through 25 at the very end of verse number 19. It's just five words. It's the title of our lesson this morning. Therefore, the world hates you. Well, hold on for just a second. When I read through John 15, what did we say just a second ago? I'm reading about love. I'm reading about connection. I'm reading about acceptance. I'm reading about approval. When I look at the first 11 verses of John 15, I see that Jesus loves me more than I can even imagine. I see that he's the vine and I'm one of the branches. And it's my responsibility to obediently bear fruit for him. And then I keep reading and it's not just about how Jesus loves me. It's about how my brothers and sisters in Christ love me. They love me just like Jesus loves me. And I love them just like Jesus loves me. When you look at John 15 verses 18 through 25, it's not that way with the world. We might be tempted to think this idea of love, this idea of connection, this idea of close relationship, acceptance, approval. It's true with me and Jesus. It's true with me and my brothers and sisters. So that should also be true between me and the world. And Jesus says that's not the case. A Christian's relationship with the world. The world's not going to love you. The world's not going to accept you. The world's not going to approve of you. The world's not going to endorse you. Jesus says the world is going to hate you. Hate's a strong word. 
But that's the word that Jesus uses here at the end of verse 19. Therefore, the world hates you. Is that a difficult message to hear? Is that a hard pill to swallow? I don't know of a single person who likes to think that they're hated by anybody. It's kind of like the guy who came home from work one day and he was really discouraged, had a really hard day at work. He plopped down on the couch and said to his wife, I feel like everybody in the world hates me right now. She came over, she put her arms around him and said, Honey, you know that's not true. Not everybody in the world hates you because 99.9% of them don't even know you. How can they hate you if they don't even know you? Now, that's logical, but I'm not sure that's very comforting. I'm not sure that's the most comforting message that she should have said. But the point is well made, isn't it? Nobody likes to think that they're hated. As Christians, we don't like to think that the world hates us. We think that we deserve to be loved and accepted just like everybody else is loved and accepted. And so we're surprised whenever the world hates us. When somebody leaves us out of something, whenever someone says or does something to us that's negative because we place our faith in Jesus and we live our lives for Him, it takes our lives by storm. It surprises us. It shocks us, especially in a month that our world identifies as Pride Month. Christians are oftentimes labeled as hateful and bigoted and narrow-minded simply for standing up for what God has to say about sexuality and marriage. We see it face-to-face -face with people. Perhaps more frequently, we see it online. We see it with social media, and it's a surprise to us. We look at John chapter 15 and verse number 19, and we see an idea that we need to come to know. But it's not just an idea that we need to know. In John 15 and verse 19, this is something that we need to become comfortable with. The world hates you. Jesus loves you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ love you. The world's not going to love you. The world's not going to accept you. As Jesus says in verse 19, the world is going to hate you. We should expect that. Whenever we're around worldly people, whenever we find ourselves surrounded by people who don't know Jesus, people who don't love Jesus, they don't know what it's like to be one of those branches that's connected to the vine, as we read in verse number 5, we should expect to be hated. In fact, a little bit later in John's life, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 13, perhaps pointing back to these words, John says, do not be surprised, brothers, that, not if, don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. When we're hated by the world, we are surprised. And that's perhaps of the time that we live in, the country that we live in. Scripture tells us that we shouldn't be surprised. We should expect to be hated by the world. I believe that's a hard pill to swallow. I believe that's a pretty difficult idea to accept. It's a pretty difficult idea to endure. So the rest of the time that we have together this morning, let's think about four ideas that can encourage us. Let's think about four ideas that can comfort us. Four ideas that will help us to endure the hatred that we receive from the world. Number one, whenever the world hates us, we need to recognize that we are in good company. Look at John chapter 15 and verse number 18. As we read just a few moments ago, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. 
Pause for just a second and think. Did the world hate Jesus? Started his birth. King Herod killed a large number of babies just trying to kill Jesus. The one who was identified as the king of the Jews. Throughout Jesus' entire earthly ministry, the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians were constantly trying to catch him in his words. They were constantly trying to find a way that they could kill him, a way that they could destroy him. You flip just a few pages, you go just a few hours into the future from John chapter 15, and you find the Romans and the Jews coming together to beat Jesus and to hang him on a wooden cross. Did the world hate Jesus? They did. Throughout the entirety of his life. So Jesus says, I want you to know something. If the world hates you, then know that the world hated me first. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. This isn't just something that we experience. This is not unique to us. This is a path that Jesus Christ walked down himself. And then look at verse number 23. Jesus says, whoever hates me hates my father also. Jesus came into the world in one of the purposes in order to perfectly demonstrate the personality and the character of the invisible heavenly father. That's why he's able to say, if the world hates me, then by default, the world is hating the father. When the world hates you, know that you're in good company. And perhaps that's an understatement. When the world hates you, know that you are in the best company. Both God the Father and God the Son know what it's like to be hated by the world. And as a result, when we experience that hatred from the world, they can help us, they can encourage us, they can give us what we need. Even if the entire world stands against us, we can be confident, we can be bold, because we know that God the Father and God the Son are standing right alongside of us. This is something that they have experienced as well. Number two, when the world hates you, you need to remember who you belong to. Notice that in verse number 19. Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, then they will also keep yours. According to what Jesus says in verses 19 and 20, why does the world hate us as followers of Jesus? Jesus says the reason the world hates you is because you don't belong to the world anymore. You are no longer of the world. Now, one time, each and every one of us who are following Jesus, we were of the world, we were living in the world. Jesus says that's not true in your life anymore. We don't live like the world lives. We don't talk like the world talks. We don't think the way that the world thinks. If we did, then the world would love us. If we weren't different than the world, if we didn't stand out from the world, then the world would love us, they would embrace us, they would accept us. But Jesus says, because you no longer belong to the world, that's the reason that they hate you. We no longer belong to the world, we belong to Jesus. We're no longer of the world. Jesus says, I've chosen you out of the world. So what should we expect to experience from the world on a daily basis? Hey, you need to remember that a, a servant is not above his teacher. 
You need to remember that a student is not above his master. And so if they persecuted the master, if they hated the master, then guess what they're going to do to the servants? They're going to persecute them. They're going to hate them. Number two, when the world hates you, remember who you belong to. You don't belong to the world anymore. You belong to Jesus. Maybe it's tempting for us to live with our, our feet in both worlds. Throughout the week, I'm going to live with one foot in the world and I'm going to look like the world and there's not really a difference between me and everybody else around me. But then on Sundays and maybe on Wednesdays, I'll put the other foot in Jesus and I'm going to straddle the fence. I'm going to stand on both sides of the fence. I'm going to have dual citizenship in the world and in the kingdom of God. You remember what Jesus has to say about that in Matthew 6, 24? No one can serve two masters. Maybe sometimes we're tempted to think that I'm the exception to that rule. There's a lot of people that can't serve two masters, but I can. I can serve the world and I can serve God at the same time. Jesus says nobody. It's not possible. You cannot serve two masters. And so it's time for us to remember who we belong to. It's time for us to remember that we've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to plant both feet in Jesus and to find our citizenship in Him and in Him alone. To follow in the footsteps of our Master and to continue to sit at the feet of our Teacher. Number three, when the world hates you, you need to recognize that it's not your fault. Now as we walk into this point, I want to say this on the front end. This is not giving us permission to be jerks for Jesus. Right? There are some Christians who are hated by people who are severely disliked. And guess what? They deserve every bit of it because they're hateful. They don't reflect Jesus in the way that they live. They don't reflect Jesus in the way that they talk or the way that they interact with others. So, so this isn't giving us permission. Well, I'm just going to do what I want to do and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. But as I live for Jesus, if the world hates me, I need to know that's not my fault. That's not something that I should take personally. Look at that in, in verse number 21. Jesus continues speaking. But all these things they will do to you, underline it, on account of my name. Because they don't know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But they, now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. Again, ask the question in 21 through 24, why does the world hate us? Jesus in verse 21 says that the world hates you, but it's not on account of your name. He says it's on account of my name. In verse 22, the world hates you, but it's not because of your words. He says it's because of my words. Jesus takes responsibility for it. It's because we cling to His words. We promote His words. We proclaim His words. In verse 24, the world hates us not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. It's not about our works. It's about His works. So when the world hates you, you need to remember it's not your fault. Don't take it personally. When the world pushes back against you, whenever the world persecutes you, whenever someone does something negative to you because of your faith in Jesus, you don't need to change. You don't need to change your behavior. You don't need to change the way that you're living. You don't need to change the way that you're talking so that the world will embrace you. 
If the world hates you, that doesn't mean, that's not a signal that you're doing something wrong. In fact, if you look at 21 through 24, in many ways, it's a signal that you're doing something right. It all goes back to Jesus. It's all rooted in Jesus. And then number four, whenever the world hates you, you need to remember what your Bible tells you. You need to remember what the Scriptures say. In verse 25, the last verse of our text this morning, Jesus says, but the word that is written in the law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. There Jesus is either quoting from Psalm 35 and 19 or Psalm 69 and verse number 4. When Jesus was hated by the world, he wasn't surprised. It didn't shock him. It didn't take his life by storm. Why? Because he knew what the scriptures said about it. He knew what the book of Psalms said about being hated without a cause. He saw that fulfilled originally in the life of David and then ultimately saw it fulfilled in his own life. Jesus knew what his Bible told him and as a result expected hatred from the world. That's what he wants his apostles. That's why he brings up this scripture in verse number 25. He wants them to remember what their Bibles tell them that they hated me without a cause. When the world hates you, go back to Scripture. Remember the things that we're talking about this morning from this text. Or we could go to several other texts, but this one in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25. We shouldn't be surprised when the world hates us. Instead, we should expect it. Because Jesus has warned us. The inspired writers, God through the Holy Spirit, has warned us that this is what we're signing up for. This is what we go through in going in one direction. This is what our relationship with the world looks like. So with Scripture in our hearts and in our minds, we not only expect for the world to hate us, but we endure it whenever it comes. It's a hard idea. Nobody says this is easy. Therefore, the world hates you. We might wish that it wasn't that way. But according to Jesus, that's the way that it is. We can't change that. So what are some things that we can remember? What are some thoughts that can comfort us and encourage us and help us to keep moving? Four ideas from this passage. When the world hates you, remember that you're in good company. The Father and Son are standing right alongside of you. They know exactly what it's like to be there. When the world hates you, remember who you belong to. You don't belong to the world anymore. You belong to Jesus. You've been purchased with His blood. When the world hates you, remember that it's not your fault. Don't take it personally. They hate you not on account of your name, but on account of Jesus' name. When the world hates you, remember what your Bible tells you and stand with both feet in the Scriptures. So far, we've been talking about one side of this relationship, haven't we? How the world is going to treat us. How the world is going to view us. How should we view the world as followers of Jesus? Here's the thing, that can be pretty difficult. The world hates us, but as Christians, we don't hate the world. You know what the temptation is, right? If you hate me, then I'm going to hate you. You treat me badly, I'm going to treat you badly. You say and do bad things to me, I'm going to say and do bad things to you. That's what we're naturally inclined towards. It's the temptation that's strong, but the temptation that must be resisted. The world hates us, 
But as Christians, we don't hate the world. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of the one who earlier in the Gospel of John so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We just saw in John chapter 15, the world hates us, the world hates Jesus, the world hates the Father. But think about the Father. The, the Father doesn't hate the world. In fact, it's quite the opposite. God so loved the world that he gave his only unique one-of-a-kind son. So what if we made it our goal to change the way that the world thinks about Jesus? Because that's the problem, isn't it? It all goes back to Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. So what if we made it our goal to change the way that the world thinks about Jesus? I've always heard the best way to get rid of an enemy is to make him a what? To make him a friend. You look at that from a spiritual perspective, I think there's something much greater. The best way to get rid of an enemy is to help him or to help her become a brother or sister in Christ. Introduce that person to Jesus. Introduce that person to the gospel which has the power to transform them just like it's transformed you. The world hates us but what if we made it our goal to love the world enough to be the ones who changes the world's opinion about Jesus? That's an everyday endeavor. That's something we do in how we speak, what we promote, how we act, the priorities that we have, the things we involve ourselves in, how we interact with other people on a daily basis. The world hates us, but we don't hate the world. Instead, following in the footsteps of our Father, let's love the world enough to change its opinion about Jesus. It might be the case that there's a person in here this morning who needs to change their opinion about Jesus. We would love to help you with that. We would love to study with you. We'd love to encourage you. We'd love to pray for you. Just make that need known as together we stand and sing.